Welcome to the Dealer News Today podcast, the podcast for automotive executives and the professionals that support them. From the Dealer News Today headquarters, here's your host, Dave Canton, joined by Andrew Tricasky. Dave, good afternoon. Andy, what's happening? Oh, it is a good day today. We have an amazing guest lined up, don't we? I'll tell you, today's exciting uh, for all the New Jersey dealers and dealers uh, surrounding the country that get to hear from New Jersey Cars President Jim Appleton. Uh, an incredible guest. Today's show is going to be extremely helpful for our dealers and other professionals in the industry that could learn from someone that has been on the front line uh, from day one, uh, battling uh, every scenario possible to help New Jersey's dealers be able to sell and service cars and maintain a level of profitability and how to handle all these questions that are just up in the air right now. So we're excited to have Jim Appleton on today. It's going to be an incredible show. Uh, I mean, I, I was literally thinking to myself yesterday, I have so many questions for him. But obviously, this is a guy that his phone's got to be ringing thousands of times a day. Well, that's what he said to you, right, is that he's absolutely happy to do the show. He wants to use this to make sure that those people who are calling him day after day are getting the answers in one consolidated place. And the ability to be able to do that is in uh, no small part to our sponsorship, uh, a, a moment for them. This podcast is sponsored by DCG Acquisitions. DCG Acquisitions is the automotive industry's most successful dual agent acquisition and growth specialists. For more information and to view their collection of premier dealership listings, visit DCG Acquisitions at DaveCantonGroup.com. You know, I think having the individuals from different states talking about what they're doing in their neck of the woods, so to speak, uh, to deal with this, I think that's going to be uh, really impactful. I'm, I'm glad that you were able to get him on the show today to talk about that because so much of what's going on is at a local legislative type of, of scenario. We have today President Trump saying, kind of doubling down on his tweet from the weekend that he can't allow the cure to be worse than the disease itself. And so that then begs the question, if he's going to reopen kind of the federal government in a week or in two weeks. I think we heard just a little while ago, he's saying something about the Easter timeframe. If he's looking to push to reopen the federal government, what are the states going to do one after the other? And is that best for President Trump to do if the states might then enter into some sort of competition with one another and create additional infection that way? I won't even get into the risk at this point for Donald Trump by taking such an aggressive approach. But, you know, you said it before, these states are basically independent. They're individually ran by their governors at this point, right? This is a national problem. It's a global problem. But each state in the U.S. is being operated by their governor. Their governors are making the decisions of, of what's closing, what's not closing, what businesses are allowed to do, what essential businesses can operate, and, and really what the public is allowed to do day to day. You know, right now you have already a, a, a block of states throughout the country that have basically said no business is going to open but these essential businesses. Then you have other states 
that haven't gone that direction, that have literally still allowed, you know, the general public to be out there, you know, utilizing social distancing, um, you, uh, businesses taking precaution, okay? Um, I mean, I was in the supermarket yesterday morning, and, you know, they have this tape lined up now where you where you have to be, like, three to four feet away from each other while you're lining up at the grocery store. And then when you bring the cart up to the counter, you still have to stay three feet away. And then before you give your credit card, they're wiping down the credit card machine. All those precautions are incredible, but each state and like each state. And that's a necessary service. We're in a state right now that is shut down. That's on a stay at home order, only going out as necessary. There's a lot of people that I call throughout the day who aren't in the same situation, whose states have not shut down yet and who are going out. They're still able to shop. They're still going to work. They're very nervous about it. But I think we discussed the other day, this competition that's created where if somebody can just go across a border to a dealership in another state to buy a car, think about all the business that's being lost in one state while the other state's still being able to profit. So there's really an unfairness there where one state governor is taking more aggressive steps to curb the the virus than the next state from a business perspective. And you just don't know because you've got the competition between kind of this federal idea of taking over everything and the federalist government that we have where states are empowered to do quite a bit. You know, that's why it's so important to have guests on like we do today, Jim Appleton, who's literally battling. He's on the front line fighting for his New Jersey car dealers. He, you know, you know, New Jersey has a big problem right now, like many other states where they can't sell cars. Right. So, you know, they're literally only allowed to have their service and parts facilities open, which is limiting them to obviously daily revenue, weekly revenue, how they're going to cover payroll, you know, what they're going to do. You know, everyone's waiting for this new stimulus package, which still hasn't been presented yet. Um, But there's so much uncertainty. There's so much confusion. And so many people are turning to these state dealer associations in the automotive industry for guidance, for support, and for advice. And it's just incredible today that we have Jim Appleton joining us. You know what? Let's bring him on the call. Ladies and gentlemen, we have with us today Jim Appleton, president of NJ Car, New Jersey's Dealer Association. Uh, Jim, uh, your phone must be ringing nonstop. I don't know how many batteries you've been going through a day to charge your phone, but we know you're on the front line dealing with this crisis uh, of of COVID-19 every day. Uh, New Jersey dealers and all dealers nationwide can't thank uh, you and everyone in your position nationally for what you do for its for for for, for its dealers. Um, good afternoon. How are you today? Doing great, Dave. Thanks, uh, and I appreciate those kind words. Um, you know, frankly, it's um, <clears throat> never a dull moment in the car business, um, and this particular existential crisis. Um, I'm sorry to say, doesn't just uh, affect car dealers, but obviously. Um, because of the huge economic footprint and um, and uh, status as job creators and kind of pillars of their community, the impact that uh, that this has on car dealers reverberates uh, throughout every community in the state of New Jersey and and across the country. So um, it's a challenge for sure. Yeah. Look, I, I mean, this is something that's going to be challenging for for. You know, look, weeks, months, if not years to follow. This has uh, definitely been an impact on every industry, uh, nation or, or, or worldwide, right? Look, let's hop yeah. right to it. I know our dealers, uh, especially in New Jersey right now, can't sell cars, 
right? So, you know, you have millions of leases coming due at the end of this month. You have, you know, dealer, you know, you, you got consumers that maybe only utilize public transportation and now don't want to use, utilize public transportation uh, to go back and forth to work or even just simply to the grocery store. How are dealers, I mean, what, what are you guys advising right now? What are they supposed to do? Well, the uh, let's let's divide the, the the process into three categories, and I'll tell you what we're doing to try to make things work in each category. In the first category, you have sales and marketing of cars. Um, I think everybody on this call understands that. I think the average uh, half of the people who buy a car today average one visit or fewer to the dealership uh, before they purchase the vehicle. So most car buying is and negotiating uh, is done online via text or voicemail or uh, email. And so the sales process, I think, uh, can continue and is frankly unaffected by the executive order to the extent that salespersons are working remotely and internet sales departments are uh, able to access leads remotely. The second piece of the of the puzzle is delivery. Um, how and where do you deliver a vehicle uh, once it's quote unquote sold online? We haven't gotten to the point where we can 3D print a, a car in your driveway yet. So we have <laughs> to figure out some way to make that delivery. And then the last piece is the piece that I think the dealers care about the most, which is you know, titling and regging, registering the vehicle so you can get paid on it. Um, and um, so on the first piece, as I said, I think um, there's nothing in the executive order that prevents a dealer from doing what they always do, which is having a uh, an, an internet presence uh, and marketing vehicles online. The last piece of it, titling and registering, I've been working on since uh, late last week, and I think we have some solutions there where the uh, Motor Vehicle Commission, the uh, vendors uh, who uh, do the online dealer processing, and our dealer agency, the NJ Car Dealer Agency, will be able to um, uh, process title and reg work. Uh, dealers will continue to be able to slap temp tags on a vehicle. It may take longer to get the plates and permanent registration and titles back to the dealer. Uh, but I think we've got that piece uh, solved. So now it brings us to the center piece, which is really the bottleneck right now. And that's um, the inability to deliver vehicles that are quote unquote sold online because the dealership showrooms are ordered closed. Um, when the governor signed his executive order on Saturday, he designated dealerships as essential public services, but only for repair and maintenance, uh, thereby shuttering the uh, the dealership uh, showrooms. Um, we're we've been uh, working with the governor's office and the state police, who are responsible for enforcing the executive order, to uh, arrange some sort of an accommodation which would allow dealers to make deliveries of vehicles in their service departments. Um, this would serve two functions. Um, uh, first, um, it would allow dealers who are you know, uh, trying to meet the demand for consumers um, to actually deliver cars. We estimate that there are 26,000 leases up every month in the state of New Jersey. Um, and there are probably thousands more collisions and, and repair 
um, uh, situations that drive customers to need to uh, to replace a vehicle. So there's there's demand out there, um, and so the state of New Jersey uh, makes we estimate four and a half million dollars a day on the sale of uh, and, uh, uh, sales tax and motor vehicle fees associated with uh, new car dealers. And while the sales volume isn't terribly uh, high right now. Um, we do think that uh, we need to maintain some facility for dealers to be able to uh, deliver vehicles. So um, we're waiting. Uh, we've asked the, uh, the the governor's office and the um, uh, state police to approve a um, uh, a plan that would allow dealers to deliver vehicles in the service lane. Uh, and uh, we're hoping that uh, to hear something about that shortly. You know, it strikes me. Uh, car rental agencies still remain open at airports. So it's the same sort of exchange of a vehicle. Uh, they just don't like the fact that it's it's profitable at some level, perhaps. I, I don't know. But I, I would think that if the customer is willing to forego the sales experience on the floor, being there for hours and hours, it should be uh, natural that if it's just a, a an exchange of, of the keys for the vehicle, that that's something that we should do to keep our economy moving. Yeah, look, I think I think this uh, this administration, the Murphy administration has been uh, uh, you know tried to be measured um, in its approach, uh, but by the same token, we have to acknowledge that uh, particularly northern New Jersey, but New Jersey, New York, metropolitan area is is a um, is a center of this uh, this coronavirus um, uh, epidemic, and you know we need to, to protect employees and consumers. Uh, the, the retail experience in a car dealership is very different than the retail experience in any other location. By their very nature, dealers dealerships are you know wide open spaces with huge showrooms. You know, a twenty five thousand foot showroom produces a different customer. Um, contact experience than an 1100 foot, square foot 7-Eleven store. Um, and so you can conduct business in a car dealership um, in a way that is, uh, that is safe, uh, in a way that protects the consumer and employees, and in a way that complies completely with the uh, CDC's uh, guidelines. Um, and again, it's, you know, the executive order. Um, you know, we had a we we started early in on this process, Dave. You know, uh, more than a week ago, we got word that the Bergen County um, executive had signed an order that closed all dealerships, um, and in fact, didn't make any provision for dealer service, but did allow service to be carried out at gas stations. Um, you can imagine the dealers in Burton County sure. were Not terribly happy. thrilled about that. Um, and uh, we were able to first get that the implementation of that order postponed and then uh, get the, uh, the order turned around, um, which gave us kind of an early start on this with the governor's office. Um, and uh, while I would have preferred to see an executive order on Saturday that allowed sales to continue, um, I think that they are um, uh, sensitive to the fact that consumers need vehicles, uh, that dealers can find a way to deliver vehicles that doesn't uh, pose a risk to employees or consumers. And lastly, uh, but not unimportantly, 
that they've got skin in this game. You know, I'm, I'm fond of telling people here in Trenton that the state of New Jersey makes three to four times as much on the sale of a new car as a car dealer does. Uh, so they should care three to four times more than we Bingo. do. I was just going to say that. I was just going to say how much money is the state of New Jersey losing by its dealers not being able to sell cars? It has to be three times more than what a dealer's losing on, on valuable, on, on variable profit. And you just took the words right out of my mouth. Jim, let me ask you an important question that everyone's asking us every day. What happens if they do sell a car? So the risk of not selling the car to a dealer today, you know, the, the risk for the dealer today in their eyes is, okay, I have a dealer for 16 years that has been buying their cars for me. Their lease is up. We're closed. We're telling them we can't sell them a car. They're bored sitting home, whatever it might be. They find the one dealer that will sell them a car. And now they lose a 16 year customer because they didn't sell a car and they, and they follow law. They did the right thing. What's the consequence for a dealer that doesn't follow and sells a car? Well, violating a violation of the executive order is a uh, disorderly person's offense. Um, It carries with it a um, thousand dollar fine per uh, violation and uh, possibility for um, jail up to six months. Um, the Attorney General of the state of New Jersey yesterday held a press conference where he sent a loud and clear message that um, you know he would be uh, strictly enforcing the law um, and that um, he would seek to um, impose, given the uh, emergency nature of the executive order, um, heightened penalties, which could uh, go much higher than that. Now, l- let's be clear. He wasn't suggesting this as a remedy for car sales. Uh, he's more concerned at this point in time about um, you know, banquets and restaurants and, and large social gatherings and, uh, and the fact that uh, in some communities this is not um, uh, abated as yet. But again, you know, we don't want dealers to be, uh, you know, viewed in the public eye as um, tone deaf to the nature of this of this crisis. Um, what we want is for um, the attorney, for the uh, state police and, and the governor, to permit responsible sales um, to meet um, replacement needs for vehicles. Um, yeah, I think to the extent that uh, dealers are um, you know, uh, functioning um, to meet uh, emergent needs for their customers, um, the government officials who are trying to stay on top of this COVID problem are happy to accommodate us. If they see um, you know an abuse of that, and uh, you know people running you know tent sales uh, with COVID uh, COVID pricing, um, you know, we may find ourselves at a different uh, enforcement posture. Yeah, I don't disagree, Jim. And again, thank you so much for all this incredible information today. So let me ask you something, Jim. Is is there any additional money or programs in the state of New Jersey that dealers should be made aware of? Um, well, there will there there is a um, uh, an EDA loan program uh, that is uh, coming online. Uh, last week, the governor signed two dozen bills intended to address the COVID crisis here in New Jersey. Uh, I'd like to say uh, they were um, they were designed to help small and mid-sized businesses, but for the most part, 
those bills addressed um, public sector uh, workers or public sector um, entities. Um, like the Fed, New Jersey is moving its tax filing deadlines back, uh, which should help with some liquidity. Um, there are EDA loans, uh, new and enhanced uh, economic development authority loans, which are being uh, made available. Um, whether or not those will um, be helpful to car dealers uh, is to be determined. Um, and then, of course, on the other side, there's all kinds of uh, new and, uh, you know, I'm afraid to say, very expensive uh, uh, regulations and requirements that are coming on board. Um, you know, businesses nationwide have suffered the consequences uh, as a result of um, new directives being imposed by federal and state government in an effort to battle the effects of the virus. Uh, and, you know, for example, uh, enhanced family leave um, requirements will um, you know, cause dealers to incur substantial additional employment costs uh, in the near term. So much information uh, that you're providing in, in that regard in kind of what's coming up. What about uh, any sort of consolidated best practices? Are you putting forward anything or is there something out there, a resource that the dealers should be aware of, how they can turn to you without picking up the phone and calling you to know what's coming down on a day-to-day basis or week-to-week? Sure. Well, uh, you know, the, the best advice I could give to, to dealers is, you know, stay close to the NADA news feeds uh, that are available out there, the National Automobile Dealers Association news feeds, stay close to the news feeds you get from NJ Carr uh, and from um, in the New York and Philly area, the, the, the local um, metro associations there, because we're all kind of trying to take in the information that's out there that affects the general business climate and, and distill it and, and refine it so that it becomes more digestible for for car dealers so that it's more focused on the things that, that they need to know about. Um, and and let's not forget, uh, this is a time to keep your, uh, your accountants and your lawyers on speed dial um, because as much as NJ Carr, I mean, we have um, three full-time lawyers on staff here at NJ Carr, but we don't represent dealers. Um, we give business advice, and quite frankly, dealers are going to have to consult their lawyers. Uh, they're going to have to consult their uh, their accountants and other professionals uh, to because all of these issues become very fact sensitive uh, and very much um, unique. The answers will be unique to your business. Uh, we can give you some generic. I like to say we can help you spot the issues that you need to address, but you're going to need to get solutions and concrete advice from your your own advice. And it's case by case basis too, right? I mean, let's face it. So, For sure. our, our, yeah. look, I, we know what you're doing day to day. You're on the front line battling this crisis. Are you communicating with other state dealer association presidents as well? Yeah, you bet. I mean, we have um, the, the automotive trade association executives my counterparts around the country uh, have a uh, listserv. Uh, we have regular uh, email communications uh, between and amongst us. Uh, I have uh, probably, uh, I've been at this um, 20 plus years, so I've got a very deep network of uh, relationships and contacts among uh, my colleagues around the country. And we're, we're in touch by text and email 
hourly. Ladies and gentlemen, Jim Appleton, New Jersey Car Dealer Association President. Jim, we cannot thank you for your time today. The entire automotive industry cannot thank you for your time as busy as you are. This has been extremely informative for our dealers and professionals within the industry. And again, thank you so much. Stay healthy uh, and and do everything, you know, keep doing what you're doing. This is incredible. And uh, anything we could do to help, please let us know. We look forward to speaking with you soon, Jim. Fantastic. Thanks for the opportunity, David. Thanks, Jim. Have a great day. We've been talking to Jim Appleton, the president of the New Jersey Coalition of Automotive Retailers. What a great interview. What good information from somebody who's literally in contact with the governor and the legislators who are dealing with this on a day-to-day basis. On top of all of that, he has every dealer in the city of New Jersey calling his phone, most likely every moment asking him, what are we doing? I mean, you got to understand something. There are hundreds of New Jersey car dealers that are on major highways paying top dollar real estate and rent factors. You were one of those dealers. I was one of those dealers that can't sell a car. And I get it. Look, this virus is serious. And, you know, we were, you know, going back kind of to our conversation earlier, prior to bringing Jim on the call, you know, we hear about Trump saying, you know, within a few weeks, we're going to, we're going to start the economy again and put everyone back to work. That is such a risk, obviously, especially due to the fact that we could start all over again if this thing spreads again. And all of this time, all of this, call it timeout time that we've taken the last few weeks and closed everything other than essential companies is, is worthless. It goes to waste. We start all over again. And to even consider that being an option is mind-boggling. It's just mind-blowing to me. It's, it's something I can't even fathom. So I hope that everyone understands how important this is, not just for the economy, but for the health of the Americans and making sure that when we do go live again and we do get back out there again, that we are stronger than ever. We cannot take a chance of going back out, recreating this economy, and then having to start and do this all over again. But Jim Appleton on the front line for New Jersey dealers, fighting to get us in a way to sell some cars, fighting a way to keep revenue coming into its dealerships, helping with business advice and guidance and support for its dealers. You know, this is why we do this, Andy. Yeah, and it's again, it's in thanks to our sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by DCG Acquisitions. DCG Acquisitions is the automotive industry's most successful dual-agent acquisition and growth specialists. For more information and to view their collection of premier dealership listings, visit DCG Acquisitions at DaveCantonGroup.com. You know, Dave, you've been talking to me every day after we do a podcast about how excited you are about the next ho- uh, next guests we can get on the show. You're trying to provide something through your unbelievable connections, something that's not out there today for dealers and all of the professionals that support them. Tell me more about what you're doing in terms of trying to get great guests lined up for the show. You know, I, I do this because it's my passion. This is my passion, the automotive industry. I wake up every day. I can't wait to do what I do. And right now, my fellow dealers, my fellow colleagues within the industry are hurting. And this is, every day is a sad day for me. I cannot see this. I can't hear this. It bothers me. And if I could do anything about it, I will. So what I'm doing about it is utilizing every resource at my disposal. Every person, every contact in my my iPhone that could provide informative, beneficial information to the automotive industry, I'm going to utilize. I could tell you this right now. As long as we are battling this, as long as we are fighting this, I got your back. 
and DNT podcast is not going away. We will be here every day with a new guest that is going to bring you the ultimate informative information. Until then, have a great day. Until next time, this is Dealer News Today.